You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. So, uh, frosty up here uh, on the mountain this morning, but, you know, the the whole winter's been uh, kind of very mild, really. Uh, Supposed to be in the 50s tomorrow, so out outside and working in the garage tomorrow for sure the uh, frosty dr pepper's really frosty this morning though with you being so high up on the mountain are you able to get a close-up view of the balloon <laughs> yeah yeah i uh I, I walked out onto the front porch and uh gave it a good uh dose of my posterior this morning <laughs> Well, it should be passing uh, right over you. I, oh, I, 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 if nothing else will get rid of that balloon, a good shot of my posterior will. Oh, <laughs> well, is right. So, uh, yeah, all our friends way up north, especially in the northeast, they're freezing. Can't work on the cars today. But, uh, ooh. We hear a weird noise. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good here. Is it in your head? (laughs) Was it because you were talking about the balloon? Oh, maybe. (laughs) That was some noise. I I never even heard that noise in one of my British cars. That's a weird noise. (laughs) Let me tell you, they got noise. (laughs) They can make some really weird noises. Early dual-range hydromatics can make some really weird noises before they explode yeah. into a million pieces. <laughs> and they me. have exploded. Yeah, even that Slim Jim transmission, that wasn't the greatest design either. <laughs> no, and they do. They make some weird noise, you know, in the book clunk. Right, right. And then uh, that's the end of it, you know. You got another couple hundred miles, you know. Hopefully you can get home. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, when, when I was using, in the, mid, in the mid-90s, I was using, uh, I was driving a 64 Pontiac Le Mans as my daily driver. And it had the straight six in it. And towards the end, those bearings started to go. And, man, it sounds like, you know, one of those stone jumblers that you put the stones in with the sand, you know? Oh, yeah. Every time I would try to accelerate, you heard those bearings, you know, slanging and banging. and Yeah, very entertaining. So when that happens, folks, uh, just turn the radio up louder, and then you won't have to hear them. It's very simple. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, you know, you can run run, run straight STP. That'll, that'll, cool, yeah. that'll calm it down. <laughs>
red hot. Yes. Um, Insane prices. Insane. Crazy. Um, you know, biggest mistake I ever made. I, I, I imagine I probably I had a 70 three uh, <clears throat> Ford Bronco, and it was all original, all original paint, all original everything. One owner. Uh, less than 40,000 miles on it and a V8 so really good 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 example of an all original I bet you it was probably one of the top 20 best all original uh, smaller Broncos in the country and uh, I sold it probably 15 years ago just simply because Ooh. it drove drove like a Quonset hut you know <laughs> Driving up here in the mountains, oh, it was awful. Well, the short wheelbase and everything, I, right. it just, it was uh, challenging. It wasn't, you know, a lot of vehicles are fun to drive up here in the mountains, you know. Uh, even the uh, Volvo 1800 is a blast to drive up here in the mountains. But that, eh, it just, it was, you were bouncing from one side to the other and so forth, so I sold it. And uh, gosh, today I could have sold it probably for six times what I sold it for. So I bet. Yeah. Well, you know, we've all been there. I wish I never sold my house with Julieta Sprint with Veloce Park. I wish I never sold my Sunbeam Tiger. Yeah, we've all been there. It happened. You know, hindsight is twenty. But you know, at least you had fun with it. Oh yeah, I, I you know, and that's what it's all about. A lot of people. You know, people constantly talk about, oh, gosh, you know, well, you know, you're not going to get your money out of that if you, you spend the money in time to restore it, so on and so forth. If that's what you're doing it for, you probably need to find another hobby. You know, right. part of the fun, searching for the parts, <laughs> looking for the information, learning mm-hmm. how to apply it, the craft of of putting them back together and doing the mechanical work and the body work and all of those things. So, I mean, you know, it pays you back in a lot of ways. Um, it's been therapeutic for me. And on top of that, you know, for crying out loud, I, I met you, you know? <laughs> yeah, lucky you, huh? <laughs> yeah, lucky me. So, you know, uh, if I had pick, picked up fly fishing instead, you know, where I could just sort of fit everything into a really small closet, wear a funny hat and some waders, um, I, we, we wouldn't be talking this morning, so there you go. Um, well, I think you're wrong. I mean, uh, you you hillbillies from the Virginia mountains, don't you go like, you know, bass fishing with Skeeter and Bubba? You don't go fly fishing. That's kind of sophisticated fishing for you people. Isn't that true? <laughs> oh, there's a lot I mean, of fly fishing up here, I'm telling you. A lot of it. It's... Um, oh really? We we're waste, probably wearing uh, baseball hats instead of uh, pork pies, and uh, probably barefoot instead of wearing expensive uh, waders. But you know, it is what it is. Well, oh. growing up in New York City, we used to go fishing off the boats in Sheepshead Bay. We used to go for blues, blues, tuna, blackfish, and uh, mackerel, flounder. So uh, that's the kind of stuff we were into. But anyway. So, what's so, the agenda for today? What do you want to talk about? Any, anything of interest, or you just want to blab about fishing? <laughs> about flounder. Um, let's talk about flounder. Um, so, 
this week I've been actually had a, a project really been a busy week for me um, we've been trying to uh, get the uh, Virginia Museum of Transportation which has been the state's official transportation museum for over 30 years and hasn't received any state funding in 25 years uh, up to uh, state agency status and uh, we were doing really 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 well until we up against the uh, House Appropriations Chairman, who apparently um, doesn't think transportation is important enough to have a museum, despite the fact that a lot of other states uh, have state-supported transportation museums. So that's been occupying my time. I've been digging in and having to delve into politics and all of the intrigue that goes there. Uh, no balloons, though. No balloons. So... Hopefully, I've got my fingers crossed. This thing done in the Virginia General Assembly and the uh, Virginia Museum of Transportation can spread its influence all across the state and elsewhere through virtual uh, classroom programs uh, talking about automotive and all forms of transportation. Uh, does does this individual think? Uh, does this individual think he's going to walk to his resting plot? I yes, I think it's a power thing, just like most politicians. You know, they all eventually get to some position of power, and then you know they they forget that they represent you know all the rest of us peons. So, you know, what can I say? But we're hopeful. We're hopeful. So that's what I've been digging into, um, and then uh, making my reservations for the uh, Southeastern Spring Nationals in Charlotte, North Carolina, AACA Southeastern Spring Nationals, that are going to be April 13th through 15th down at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. What hotel are you staying at? Embassy. Embassy Suites. Oh, okay, because I got to make reservations today too. I'm definitely going to go. You you got to get got to stay at Embassy Suites. There's you know, I know it's going to kill you because it's a little bit more expensive. But you know, you get a free breakfast and, and, and a good free breakfast that comes with it. And every yeah. night you get happy hour. So complimentary happy hour and free breakfast. You know what can you say? Okay, all right. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We were there last year. And it was all, you know, damp and chilly, but hopefully we'll have better weather this year. But we had a good turnout. There must have been like 150 AACA cars. And then you got the swap meet. People walk through. I think it was like 15 bucks for the day. So, uh, yeah, yeah to get in to, to, for the swap meet. The, uh, yeah. the AACA show, of course, is free. It's on the, uh, trying to get my directions right, but it's to the right side of the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and it is free. And yeah, uh, it'll be on Saturday. Yeah, I've been going to the Charlotte Auto Fair for about 15 years, and uh, it's, it's definitely a worthwhile venue. I mean, compared to Hershey and Carlisle and some of the swap meets up north, it's different type of car parts, so it's not exactly the same. Some of the vendors are the same, but a lot of them aren't. So you definitely see stuff that's different. Just like going down to, you know, Turkey Run and Daytona Beach. Everything's different around the country. So uh, one of these days I like to get out to Pace or Chickasphere, Oklahoma, for the pre-war one. I like to do that one day. That seems interesting. 
we have a, a problem with uh, sound today. Hello, folks. Yeah, it sounded like someone came on. Oh. Or did somebody okay. drop off? <laughs> Maybe Tom dropped off. You know, he is up there on the mountain. And uh, and he fell. And he fell. <laughs> Maybe the balloon landed and got him. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Tom and I, we decided let's talk about uh, some of our favorite tools that we use in the garage. And uh, that was on the agenda for today. I know my favorite tool of all time is my bean blast cabinet. And, uh, man, I just can't live without that. You know, you start taking apart different components and uh, you put them in the bean blast cabinet. And, you know, first you scrape off the grease and all the muck. You don't want to clog the cabinet, the gun, and hose with all that junk. And then you start blasting away, and you see right before your eyes, you know, the rusty part transform into, you know, bare metal, clean bare metal again. And uh, that's always fun and entertaining. So that's my favorite tool of all time is the B-Blast cabinet. I, if, if you restore cars, I don't know how anyone could, could exist without, you know, having a cabinet like that. Now, mine's about, uh, I think it's about... 40 inches or 42 inches wide. So I, you know, like, like with my TR3, I could put the entire trunklet in there, you know, and blast that. So uh, it's good to have a good size one so you can fit some large parts. Uh, so you just always got to make sure that you're uh, straining the uh, media stuff. You know, it's really not sand, it's just media. And you got to make sure you strain it and get out all the junk so you don't clog the gun. But, uh, yeah, speed blast cabin is my favorite tool of all time. So I hear a noise. Maybe Tom is back. Yeah, not sure uh, what happened there, but uh, I, I know they're working on the nearby cell tower, and that's just the price you pay for living out here in, in it, nowhere land. It was the so, balloon uh, flying over. That's, that's what thought. it was. It was the balloon. <laughs> uh, it was the balloon with the previously unknown death ray <laughs> pointed at the mountain. So, we were um, talking about tools in the garage, and I was telling everybody that my B-Blast cabin is my favorite tool. So uh, now that you're back, why don't you reveal what, what you like best? Well, the favorite tool that you use, besides that 30-pound oh. hammer, which I pulled out. Um, you know, the other outside of the 30 pound sledgehammer, the gas axe works real well too. Um, <laughs> oxygen acetylene torches are fabulous, uh, really indispensable when you need them. You don't want to use them on everything like Rich does, you know, but it, they come in really handy, uh, particularly the uh, small portable carry around oxygen acetylene torches. Uh, so, you know, when you get, you got to stubborn fastener and you really need to get it cherry red or if you uh, need to blast something and get rid of it um, the uh, cutting torch head works really really well it's a good thing to if you're not familiar and you don't use them often uh, you know 
watch a few videos, do some practice runs, uh, because you can do a lot of damage with them too if you're really not paying attention. Has anybody uh, uh, not gone? I love this. Has anybody not gone through a set of gauges or at least one gauge? When I was farming and using settling frequently, uh, that's how I got my farm help to get more work done, you know. But if uh, inevitably something would hit it and one of the gauges would, the glass would break. Oh, I'll see. Very careful, particularly Richard. He's probably, he's trying to exercise proper decorum while working on his tiny little British cars, and that means, you know, you handle everything deftly, you know. That's right. You'll be very careful. You know, very <laughs> so, you know I, I, um, I got this great hammer that I use. It, it's one of these hard plastic orange hammers, and, you know, one face is, you know, the plastic, and the other side is uh, brass, you know, which is soft metal and you know doesn't make a lot of mark when you're hitting certain things but that little hammer man i i can't live without it i mean it comes in handy all the time so you got to have a variety of hammers too you know plastic brass steel uh heavy duty mallet you know rubber mallets that they come in handy too so you don't mar the surface of like if you're popping in you know a leaf spring over over the spring eye or something like that but uh yeah hammers Gotta love them. I really do. Hammers are high on my list. I, I have a drawer full of hammers of all different sizes and shapes and compositions. The uh, leather hammers, brass hammers, uh, rubber hammers, um, all manner of size of ball peen hammers. And I really like the uh, dead blow hammers too. They're uh, they, they're hollow in the center and they're filled with shot. And uh, yeah. as opposed to have, a rubber hammer, which bounces back, the dead blow is really good because it doesn't have all the bounce back that the rubber hammer does. But it's easy on the surface, too. Totally, if, if you don't have a dead blow hammer, go get one. Um, you'll be real glad that you did. Um Use it just to move, you know, when you need to move something just a little bit here or there, and you don't want to screw it up. Um, works works wonders. Um, Pickup tools, we've mentioned that as Christmas. Uh... Oh, gentlemen, we need to take a break. With LEDs. Ah, doggone. All right, break time. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, 
The type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Do you love classic and special interest cars? If so, listen to our podcast every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on America's Web Radio. Or find us on your favorite podcast site, iTunes, Spotify, or any of the others out there. We'll talk about classic cars. We'll talk to car guys. We'll talk to clubs that are here at our facility here in Classic Auto Mall. And we'll also talk about Classic Auto Mall and how we can help you sell your classic or special interest car. So give us a listen every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks. Estoy de regreso. Hablemos venezolanos con Josie Cruz y amigos. Todos los miércoles en la mañana a las 9 a.m. Únicamente en Américas Web Radio. Two corrections. One is if you don't understand Spanish, Let's Talk Venezuelan is back on America's Web Radio at uh, 10 o'clock on Wednesday. So tune in. It'll be in English and in Spanish. And uh, then we also want to correct uh, Stuart in his time. He Poor man, he gets so confused. I think it's the thin air up there. But the Auto Mall is on America's Web Radio at 10 o'clock. And now let's get back to, we'll intro him back in. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. We're back. Um, You know, we were talking about pickup tools. So with the advent of really good LEDs of all types, um, and, you know, I I love LED lights everywhere. They're wonderful. But uh, pickup tools, you can get them with really powerful small LEDs in the center of them, these magnetic pickups, which really helps if you're under the hood um, or you're in a space where you really don't have a lot of light and you've dropped something like that 10-millimeter socket and it's gone away. You can't see it anywhere. It works great. Uh, The mechanical pickup tool that you use that has the, uh, you know, four little fingers that expand when you push in on the button, that thing works great too, but, uh, God, it's been a lifesaver for me. The pickup tools saves you a lot of time, heartache, and expletives. You know, so. I'm sort of, I'm sort of disappointed in you too, because I figured one of the major tools that you had mentioned is your wife. And, honey, would you come, would you bring me a beer? Honey, would you come hold the light for me a second? That's gotta be one of the most fantastic tools you all have working for you. Well, well, yeah. My garage, oh. <laughs> my garage yeah. is about 60, 70 feet from the house, so she won't be able to hear me scream, hey, bring me a Dr. Pepper. So, uh, yeah. Plus, you know, I, you know, when I finish working in the garage, it's nice to go inside and have dinner ready. So, uh, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll definitely well, I don't know. <laughs> I think I, I heard you, uh, saying, uh, you know, hey, that sandwich isn't making itself. 
Uh, you'd be dead. You would be dead. They wouldn't even find the body. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, gear wrenches. I, one of the my favorite uh, tools of recent uh, of the recent era, I guess you'd say, of the last twenty years, twenty five years. Gear wrench brand. I've bought imitations to gear wrench and they just aren't as precise you have to move the wrench more than you do with gear wrench i really love that brand of tool um gear wrenches ratcheting box end wrenches great stuff as long as things are loose you know and, and here again you know i go back to it most of those gear wrenches are 12 point and right. you're trying to take something off that's on and it's tight and it's stuck even you don't want to use a 12 point it'll round the round the corner so that you bolt off or the nut so uh, 12 point is a six point yeah i i have a variety of sockets you know uh 12 points and six points and i whenever there's a stubborn nut or a bolt i always always use a six point you gotta it, it just grips so much easier and doesn't slip so uh I agree. I have a set of those gear wrenches, and boy, they, they really are a joy to use. And, you know, that plating on them is nice and thick and it's smooth, and they're just so well designed and engineered. And reasonably priced, too. I, you know, I, I haven't bought any in the last few years. I bought a metric set last, I don't know, three or four years ago, but uh, still very reasonably priced, a really good deal. And uh, you'll love them. Save you a lot of time and effort, and they're just easy to use. Air compressor, which I, I think I came in at the tail end, and I heard you talking about the uh, Media Blast cabinet, which I have one of those too, and it's just the greatest thing since sliced bread. But you've got to have an air compressor to run it. By, you know, if you're going to go out and buy an air compressor, you're going to need to buy a decent one if you're going to do do a lot of anything. If you just want to air up the tires in your car and that sort of thing and blow a little dust here or there, you know, you can go out and pick one up for $250, $300. It's a pretty decent one. But that's a single stage. Buy a two-stage air compressor. Spend the extra money. Folks, don't on it, get a two-stage air compressor, you'll never regret it because the two-stage can handle that uh, impact wrench that you've got, it can handle the blast cabinet, it can handle painting, handle everything else without being under, under pressure and running constantly so uh, you know that's the best thing I ever did was get to invest in a two, big two stage compressor and you got to have probably my 60, favorite tool go ahead and you got to have at least 60 gallon tank I know that's what I have and uh, boy it makes a difference I could, when I'm painting you know whatever I'm painting it just you know it just doesn't run out of air same thing with using the B-blast cabinet it just doesn't run out of air it just keeps going so uh you know, an important thing about air compressors, I keep mine by the door, so it always has a constant flow of fresh air. You don't want it to be boxed in the corner where 
you know, the air compressor, let's face it, it's not breathing, you know. you got to have circulation of air, especially cool air. So that's also important. And uh, change the oil. A lot of people don't even change the oil in their air compressors, uh, you know, for years. I try to do that at least once a year. Uh, drain it. And regularly, you got to drain the, uh, open up the pet cock on the bottom and uh, get that moisture out because water does build up inside. So you got to get that out. But uh, maintenance is the key to keeping your air compressor going, just like anything else, you know. But, uh, yeah, this, you know, I know we talked about other tools, and I got a great set of pry bars that I bought, Craftsman, good quality, not this cheap Chinese junk that is, you know, fatigued metal, uh, poorly cast. But uh, I got my uh, my uh, pry bars from Craftsman many years ago, and they worked fantastic, just like my, my, my tap and die set. It's a Craftsman top quality. I bought that about uh, 40 years ago, and those taps and dies, they're so sharp. I've used them a million times. So, uh, you know, sometimes you got to splurge, folks. You know, you got to go for the better tools because they will outlast cheap tools ten times. So in the end, it's a lot no. cheaper. No. You know, like we always say, cheap cars are good, cheap tools are bad. Unless you go to estate sales and garage sales and buy old craftsmen products um the older they are the better they are um you know if you in the last 10 to 15 years in my opinion the quality of craftsmen has has suffered substantially particularly wrenches and screwdrivers and things of that nature they're still better than what you can buy um generally at the cheap chinese tool store but I'm going to segue into something that I actually did get from the cheap Chinese tool store, and that is taking a break. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information... Or to receive a quote, contact our ex. And now, back to the classic car show on America's web radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinelli. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. So I was seen lurking in the cheap Chinese tool store not long ago. And I just, I had a 
coupon to, and Richard, you'd be happy I had a coupon. I was looking for a cordless impact wrench, and I, you know, I had my doubts about them. I know if you dropped five, six, seven hundred dollars on us, snap on cordless, it would probably do the job, but I wanted to see if I could find something at a modest price that would work well. And that I bought uh, a Bauer 20 volt um, impact. It works exceedingly well. It works great. I mean, it. I've used the heck out of it, particularly if I'm doing brake work. Um, get the car in, put it on the lift, pop it up, and bing, bada boom. You know that <clears throat> you got your tires pulled. You, you know, it does a wonderful job. I was really impressed, and it doesn't run down that quickly either. I, I kept expecting it to run down immediately, and. Uh, need a recharge no it worked great so i'm totally impressed um you know if you wanted to go out and buy a mid-level uh impact i'd probably look at a milwaukee um like i say now that i've had the experience i'd probably go buy a milwaukee instead of this one but for now it's working so how much did it cost you 169 Oh, for the battery okay. and and the impact, 169 smackers, and it, it was money well spent. I love the thing. I'm, I'm tickled pink. I, I'm not sure how much the Milwaukee uh, goes for. Probably uh, an extra 80 bucks or so. But I, oh, I was afraid I was just going to go waste money. I was a little skeptical of how well that it, how well it would work versus a pneumatic impact because I've been using pneumatic impacts my whole life. And uh, the thought that something cordless would do a really good job, I was shocked. You need one. Yeah, it's on my list to get. I know that uh, right now I'm changing all the fluorescent bulbs in my garage to LEDs, so that's where the money's going. But, uh, yeah, one of these days I'll get one. You You can never have enough tools. You really can't. Especially when you're restoring old cars, you got to have a variety of everything, you know, including sockets, three eighths, half inch, you know. So uh, yeah, but it takes a lifetime, really does, to uh, you know assemble a good tool chest. It really does. It takes a long time. It doesn't happen overnight unless you win lottery. You know, you win one lottery, you go out and get one of the snap-on sets for a hundred grand. Oh right. And, you know, if you're not making a living with your tools and you're not independently wealthy like Rich is, you know, you're not going to go out and buy, you know, $5,000 worth of snap-on. Um, right. You can get by for less. You can get by for less. So another tool that it pays to have a good one, not a cheap one, steering wheel puller. Don't go buy a cheap steering wheel puller. It's going to cost you nothing, cause you nothing but heartache because you're going to set it up. You're going to run the bolts into the steering wheel hub. You're going to start to pull that baby off. They're going to snap on you and then you're going to have a mess on your hands. You don't want a cheap steering wheel puller. Buy a good one. That's been one of the best things I ever did. The first one I bought, Cheap, 
it snapped off. I, I it was a mess. It was a mess. Yeah. Well, you know, we all been down that road. I have a good feeling that I bought it many years ago. Still works great. But you're right. Sometimes you just got to spend the money. And you know, the difference between a cheap tool and a good tool sometimes isn't a lot of money. You know. So uh, it's not like it's ten times the amount, but uh, like you said, the last a lifetime. So. so we were talking about uh, Powerball the other day, and I don't, I don't buy a lot of lottery tickets. Every once in a great while, I'll buy a lottery ticket. But I, you know, if somebody once told me, uh, you know, they didn't build this casinos on your winnings, so. I don't do a lot of gambling. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. Um, but, but when it's like hundred million dollars, you know, I could go for twenty bucks in tickets. It's good entertainment, if nothing else. If, if you're not able to see the Chinese balloon, it's good entertainment. So right. Um, so what would you buy if you won the Powerball? I've got a list. Um, of, of cars I would buy. Of course, I'd need to build a garage first so that I could fill it and then need to build another garage. But So you win the win the Powerball. You know, you're, you're flush. Buy whatever you want. What are you going to get? Well, after I get my brownstone in Park Slope, Brooklyn, <laughs> then I will go into the suburbs and buy a building. Nothing too big, you know, maybe the size of, you know, an 80,000 square foot Walmart type store, and I would just load it up with cars. I mean, you know, the top of my list, my all-time favorite automobile has always been the Jaguar XKSS. I always loved that car, the way, you know, the swoopy curves, and then a Ferrari 250 LM Coupe, a Lancia B20 Coupe, a Porsche 904 GTS. 65 Shelby GT350 Mustang and a 61 Pontiac Ventura with Super Duty. Oh, imagine that. Boy, with a 421. Boy, would that be a blast. But, you know, I got so many cars on there. A Maserati A6G Zagato Coupe. Uh, a Hudson Hornet with twin H power. I like the 53 Hudson Hornet. That's my favorite. And also uh, a 65 Buick Riviera GS. I want the dual quads. You know, I think that is just a absolutely beautiful automobile. And how's this? 67 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser Station Wagon. I love those things. You know, so I'm all over the place. The BMW 2002 TII, Jensen CV8, Bugatti Type 55, Rolls Royce Silver Coast. <coughs> well, there's so many cars so to own, you know. You ticked off a few that are were on my list. Um, so I have Hudson's. I'd like to have a 53, 53 uh, Hornet convertible. 53 Hornet convertible would be on that list. Um, mm-hmm. Also, 33 Terraplane 8 um, Roadster. Oh. <clears throat> that would be on my list. A rare car, but a great car. Um, the... 33 Terraplane 8 set a ton of hill climb uh, records in its day. It was a fast car, small, nimble, just a great car. Good styling. I'd have to have a 33 Terraplane 8 
um, Roadster. Um, you're going to be surprised, but, you know, probably a 55 to 58 Ferrari 410 Super America. I love oh, nice. Cars. Wow, you got pretty good taste for a hillbilly. That's pretty, wow. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm shocked. Impressed? Wow. Shocked? Yeah. I'm impressed. Super <laughs> America. Beautiful automobile. Beautiful. Yeah, that's, you know, one of my all-time favorites. I, I don't talk about it a lot because it's so unattainable, but uh, right, that's just a beautiful car. Um, 12-cylinder, 340-horse, uh, Weber carbureted. Uh, talk about music to your ears. Uh, just, just, just a gorgeous car. The kind of kind of car you just walk up to and you get goosebumps just just looking at it and contemplating it. Um, yeah, that that's how I feel when I look at the Bentley Continental R, that big giant sedan with the long, fast back roof that tapers into the tail. I can see me and my buds, you know, jumping in that and heading off to Hershey. You know, that would be arriving in comfort and style. Oh, I just love that Continental R. It's a good looking car. Good looking car. It's a it's a great that's a great choice. So. I like the old Vista Cruiser, but I grew up in the back of uh, Ford station wagons. So I'd have to go with a probably 65, 66, maybe even a 67 uh, Ford Country Squire wagon. Uh, oh, nice. With all the options, all the options. Uh, what color? I like black with interior and the wood grain. I like the black or the uh, dark blue, either one. I'm, I'm good yep. with either. Uh, red interior. <clears throat> I'm always a sucker for for dark paint with a red interior, as long as it's not green. You know, dark dark green and red. Nah, but uh, just no. about everything else in a dark color with red interior. Oh yeah, it's a killer. Um, Fifty four Hudson Club Coupe. I have a 54 sedan but I'd like to have a 54 club coupe uh, the 54 Hudson I thought they did a really good job considering the limitations that they had when it came to making over the outside skin of that car uh, with that monobelt body uh, they did a, did a nice job but of course by that time eh, it was too late um, 56 Packard uh, really pro- yeah, I like the 56 Packard. Uh, love what Dick Teague did with it. Um, the styling, the, the sharper prow on the front fenders on the 56 versus the 55. Uh, just really like the way the front end of that car looks. It's, it's really a massive, heavy-looking front end, but I, I really, really dig it. Oh, on a break again already. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. 
To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. And now, back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. We're back. Yeah, you, you so, talked about 50 era Packers. Uh, my favorite from that decade is the 53 Caribbean Convertible. I just think that's a gorgeous automobile. has great proportions. It just looks, you know, meaty. It does. You know, I, just, I love that car. No, they are. They're a great-looking car, especially, especially with the wheel wells opened up uh, with that trim. Um, really looks really looks good. You're right. Great-looking car. But for me, being a Dash guy, I'm, I'm really drawn to the 5 and 6 because the Dash is certainly a little more glitzy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, always, I, I was always disappointed by... Uh, Packard dashes of the early 50s. I just didn't think they met the standard, personally, compared to everything else. But that's just me, you know. Um, but but you're right about that. Borgward Isabella Coupe, um, an oddball that I really, really liked. Um, wow, so that's different. Neat, neat, funky little car, um, but a lot of fun. Would be a lot of fun. Uh, 56... Mark II. Uh, yeah, love to have a '56 Mark II. Me too. Yes, I totally agree. Those uh, coupes, they're so classy, and just like the uh, Mercedes Benz 250 and 280 SE coupes, which I would love to have. Yeah, nothing like having one of those luxurious coupes. They're great looking cars. They really are. And they're like handmade, also. You know, it's just whew, amazing. Only two years. <laughs> Yeah, 56 and 57, and uh, just just really, really neat, neat cars. Um, I drove one when I was 16 years old. Quick, short story, but I was going on an ACA tour. Uh, I'd been invited to go. I was just thought I was just riding with someone, and uh, I'd just gotten my driver's license, actually, and I, I arrived at their home, and... My, uh, you know, I parked my car, got out, got my luggage out and everything, and I saw they were putting their luggage in one car, and he had just got a 56 Mark II out of the restoration shop, and it was sitting in the garage. And I said, okay, well, I guess I should, you guys finish putting your luggage in, I'll go ahead and put mine in the, in the back there. And he's like, no, yours is going in the Lincoln. 
I'm like, but you're putting your luggage in this other in the other car. It's like, oh, okay. And uh, it turned out he handed me the keys to the Mark II. Gave it to me. 16-year-old kid. He hadn't barely even put five miles on it. And he wow. gave me a 16-year-old kid the, the keys to that Mark II for that tour, um, which was, well, about 90 miles each way. So, yeah, I was in seventh heaven. I've never forgotten that. I've never forgotten his largesse and uh, support of me as a hobbyist either. Um Sadly, he's passed on a number of years ago. But uh, anyway, for me, great story. Got to have a 56 Mark II. Uh, okay. If, if you won the lotto, what would be your daily driver? Oh, wow. That's tough. See, That's tough. I would drive it. One would be a new Corvette, which I think is fabulous. And my other daily driver would be a Subaru WRX STI, which is an incredible, incredible machine. So, uh, yeah. I know you okay, probably you're, want to... you're talking newer, 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 um, newer stuff. Yeah, yeah if, if I you have a lot of you... Yeah, new, brand new. I know you All want right. a minivan. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's you, you, Mr. Minivan. Uh, I, I had a good friend who, uh, when everyone was buying minivans to cart, haul their kids around to soccer practice, he absolutely rebelled against the notion of ever owning a minivan. He had four kids, um, all relatively close together in age, and he's like, I'm not buying a minivan. Well, what the heck are you going to do? He went out and bought a, a Lincoln limousine. And that's what he used to cart the family around in, a Lincoln limousine. It was his way of avoiding the minivan. That would have been me. So, yeah. daily driver. You know, I have to say, you're right about the Corvette. For the money, you can't oh, get that... any more excitement than that. That car, Those cars are a bargain. They are. Outdo any Ferrari or Lambo in a heartbeat. Yeah, I know. Great. I love them. And you know, gentlemen, uh, if I if I could interrupt a second, I think it's as I listen to the show, and I'm sure others are listening across the country and around the world to the show. But do you know one brand that you all never mention? Chrysler. Chrysler. Chrysler, and the uh, Chrysler, the sixty or the I can't remember the the model. I think it was a fifty five or. In that neighborhood, but the, the New Yorker Deluxe station wagon, it was huge, and uh, it had split you. seats in the back, and uh, we toured, my family, my mother and father and my sister and I, we toured the, the country in it because it had uh, split seats in the back, and uh, one of us could take a nap while the other was sitting up or, you know, whatever, but it was a huge, huge wagon and had the first back uh, air conditioner in it, and uh, that sucker would would drip on you, you know, but uh, it was set up and it was on the top of the roof of the car, inside, but it was, uh, y'all never mentioned Chrysler, I guess there's a reason. Oh, I- no, 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 no. I, I love Chrysler. My first true antique car 
was a 57 Chrysler New Yorker two-door hardtop with 392 Hemi, special order with dual carter, WCFB carbs, you know, came with the dual point distributor and dual exhaust, and uh, oh, that was a great car. That Next to the to the Bronco, and, and purely the Bronco is, is more of a monetary thing that I, I wish I'd never sold it. The Chrysler, from just the aesthetics and the fun and driving it, uh, I really wish I'd never sold that 57 Chrysler New Yorker two-door hardtop. I'd love to have another one. Well, speaking of Chrysler, uh, I always wanted a Jensen Interceptor with the 440 Mopar engine and the six-back pack carburetor setup. So, you know, you get, you know, Italian styling, you get British luxury and American performance all rolled into one package. But, uh, yeah, another Mopar of mine, one of my all-time favorite automobiles, 68 Dodge Charger. Uh, yeah. Chrysler, Mopar, they made lots of great cars, just like 67, 68, Plymouth Barracuda Notchback. I love the little Notchback, you know, 340, that'd be perfect. But, uh, God, there's so many cars out there to have. Oh, you know what else I would buy? A 58 Oldsmobile 88 four-door sedan. Because that's the first new car that my parents bought, and me and my brothers grew up, you know, sitting on the plastic-covered seats, getting stuck in them in the summer. But, uh, yeah, that's a great-looking car. Talk about a lot of chrome. But there's so many wonderful automobiles out there to have. And people, you know, were just talking about Scottsdale, and there was some awesome, awesome stuff out there. Um, you know, some record prices uh, set out there. Um, brass car, record prices set. Uh, so there's still interest in the brass Brass era, um, but you know, you can buy some really great cars reasonably. I was just uh, yesterday looking through on Marketplace, and there was a '52 Kaiser Manhattan, forty-five thousand mile car, not minty, but really solid looking, presentable, and with a. It looked like it needed a good detailing, uh, you know. Forty. They wanted forty nine hundred. They were asking forty nine hundred dollars for it. Um, Two twenty six uh, Continental six cylinder um, automatic hydromatic transmission. Really, kind of bulletproof, but you know, solid car, presentable paint. What could forty nine hundred dollars or best offer for a forty five thousand mile car like that? And the Kaiser, those Kaisers, I thought were really really cool. Um, Dutch Darren did a good job on those cars. I like those windshields. Yeah, the the sweetheart windshield, whatever you want to call it, the heart-shaped windshield. Really neat. Those cars have got a really, really um, tall, uh, the the glass all the way around, the greenhouse on those cars is really tall. But it it, it works. It looks good. It does. Um, It does. Another good-looking car that I would have to own is a... Series 1 Jaguar E-Type Coupe. Uh, dark blue, black interior, painted wires. Oh, I just love the E-Type Coupes, the early ones. But uh, for some real excitement, uh, I would definitely also buy a Porsche 356 Carrera Coupe. You know, that little four-camp engine stuck in the back. Oh, 
man, would that be a blast to drive. Really would. Oosh. <laughs> uh, there's so many cars out there find so little money. But what are you going to do? Well, dream. I'd like I'd like to have an early 30s Nash ambassador. I think that would be wow of just about That's... anybody style. Yep. Oh, how about it? How about it? Like a thirty-seven Studebaker Dictator Coupe. Is that a oh, great-looking yes. car? Oof. Just like the thirty-eight. Great-looking. Thirty-four. Um, thirty-three, thirty-four Hubmobile. Uh-huh. Uh The aerodynamic hubs. They they were really really different, and I I love them. I I have a thirty-nine Model E, but it's based on the. Aerodynamic, but they made it look a little more conventional, so the styling didn't look so radical. Another one that I wouldn't mind having is um, a little Willys '77, uh, the little uh, oh. little small Willys car. Uh, kind of a goofy looking little car, but I've, I've just always been attracted to them. I have, well, as you know, a eclectic, eclectic taste. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, parked among the Ferraris and Lancias and Jaguars in my garage would be first year, second year, Studebaker locks. I love those locks, you know, along with the Studebaker Avante ground headlight early models. But, uh, yeah, so that's it is, folks. You know, we got to keep on dreaming. Play lotto once it, you know, gets into the big category of the numbers, and you never know. You got to be in it to win. Just, just remember. Cheap cars are good. Cheap tools are bad. And I will be picking you up on Wednesday afternoon. We're going to head out to Williamsburg for the AACA Winter Meet Convention. And we're going to have a good time. So, folks, if you're going, we'll see you there. Pure automotive mayhem. Thanks again. (laughs) And I think everybody should go. And you all have done a wonderful job, as always. And uh, I liked your uh, talk about the... uh, Impact wrench. I'll have to look into buying one of those. I don't have one. I have the old mechanical one that you beat with a hammer. Okay, that's oh, it. Oh, yeah, impact driver. Yep. Okay, you all take Coming care. Have a good weekend. Okay, bye, folks. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.